Warning, the following podcast is conducted by trained professionals. Any attempts to replicate opinions given in this production may result in serious physical and or mental disfigurement. Viewer discretion is advised. And we're back with Matthew. Tis the gift to be simple, tis the gift to be free. Isn't that right, Lucas? A wise man once said that. A wise man once said. A great man once said. <laughs> a king. A king amongst kings. <laughs> Lord of Lord, son of light, praise be. You know... <laughs> oh, shit. I was going to say something. I already forgot. I messed it up. I messed up this early in the show. What was I going to say? Uh, good bread, good meat, good gosh, let's eat. <sighs> Hallelujah, let's do it. So we're talking about Jack Frost today. Jack Frost 1997. And I gotta start this off with a story. First thing I'm gonna move Okay, this, let's hear it. Which already made noise. So I went down to the local blockbuster and I bought a copy of this movie to review for the mm. show. I get home, I put it in, I'm watching mm-hmm. the movie, mm-hmm. and it's like a... Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer animated movie. Yep. And I'm watching it, and I'm thinking, wow, this is exper- This is experimental. They're starting off this sh- horror movie with the cutesy little kid animated bit. Like, that. this is, this is really, you know, they, they care about this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm watching it, I'm watching it. And it keeps going. And I'm like, wow, they're really, you know, they're really selling it. Let's get on with it here. And then this little dinky boy that's all blue pops up on the screen. And it says Jack Frost. And I think, wait, what? Uh, So I stop the movie. I look up Jack Frost. I'm watching the 1979 Arthur Rankin Jr. and Jules Bass Jack Frost, and I, th- oh my god, <laughs> I spent like 10, 20 minutes watching this shit, and I go back to the blockbuster, and I say, what the hell? And this is funny that you say this, and the reason is because I must have gotten the same copy, because the same thing happened re- to oh, me. You bought that copy? I went, I went to Blockbuster, I rented that copy, and it was... And it was the wrong movie. I didn't watch. I watched one minute. And the reason I knew it wasn't the movie is because I looked at the runtime and it was 40 minutes. And I was like, no way this movie's 40 minutes. What the fuck? <laughs> then I went on Wikipedia and it said Jack Frost is an hour and 30 minutes. And I was like, what? So I just skipped ahead. And I was like, okay, wait a second. This is just a Christmas special. <laughs> so then I went back to the blockbuster. I I chewed out the manager and he gave me a free rental of the proper movie. Thank God. Because, you know, I was ranking him bass. There's going to be hell to pay for this one. I was pissed. <laughs> They tried to get us again. I mean, we already reviewed one of their specials in, a few weeks ago. But, uh, you know, here we are now. And we've watched the right one. Uh, how was that 10 minutes? Can we get some bags for the first 10 minutes of the Rankin Bass special? Well, it was great because I was like, wow, there, there, there's going to be a huge twist. Like, these cute characters are going to start killing each other or something. It's going to be awesome. And then instead, this little uh, guy... 
this little you know cute guy pops up and he's mm -hmm. like, "Hey, my name's Jack Frost," and I was pissed. I was pissed. So you know what? Zero bags for the first <sighs> ten minutes of Jack Frost, and there was a Fuck. stupid little chipmunk singing a song. And now I'm never watching it again. Rankin and Bass, you are banned from the show. We will not be reviewing a single one of your productions in the future. This might be one of the hardest cop films that we've reviewed so far to find. Because you, you might end up getting that special. And you might also end up getting the Michael Keane movie that came out a year after this with the same goddamn title. <laughs> Uh, and actually, when I tried to find information about it, like it was, it was kind of a mess because those get confused. Like they say, like the year after, somebody should. This is why we have like patents, don't we? Yeah. Copyright, <laughs> so we don't have this kind of shit happen. I don't know. They fucked it up. We t I mentioned this a couple times the last few episodes, but uh, that J Michael Keane Jack Frost movie shit. Terrible. And then I popped in the, the second DVD that I got, started the mm. movie, and I started with, Grandpa, tell me about Jack Frost! <laughs> and I was like, yep, this is the right one. This is the movie I was looking for. You know, it starts off nice, though, because, you know, you get... It, the star kind of reminded me of Silent Night, Deadly Night with the grandpa. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie came out in 97, uh, Silent Night must have came out, like, uh, late 80s, so maybe, maybe it's an homage. These are both, and I guess we did, uh, this is sort of another belated Christmas special, because I didn't know this, but this isn't just a winter theme movie. I mean, it takes place, like, a week before Christmas, so it's kind of a Christmas movie, too. Um, it's, uh, this one will be our Orthodox Christmas special for all those who observe that holiday, <laughs> which I think was, like, a week ago, so there we go. Christmas was but, a week uh, ago? Uh, Orthodox Christmas oh, was a week ago. Oh, okay. So, so shout out to all everybody who's Orthodox. Uh, what do we think about this movie, Lucas? This is a sort of comedy slasher. I guess you could call this a slasher movie. Yeah. Um, well, no, not really. <laughs> he does a lot of slashing with his carrot. Oh, that's... And his yeah, carrot peen. Yeah, yeah. And his spicicles. <laughs> And his icicles, ah, they come out of his body. And he goes, ah, welcome to your nightmare, bitch. <laughs> ah. And he says, honestly, like, did, what does he say? Assault with a deadly weapon or something <laughs> like that. Well, it's not frosty, dumbass. <laughs> There's some good stuff in here. I, Should we run down the plot? Um, Sure. So, plot, basically, there's this guy that looks like pink from the wall. And he is laced with the, the Joker from the Joker. And he's being transported from one thing to another. And he's going to be executed for his crimes against humanity. There's a big storm, you know. Um, somehow, Mr. Jack Frost, in his crazy Joker ways, escapes and then gets blasted with acid. Super like acid. Which, uh, radioactive gamma ray acid, which makes him into a living snowman. Uh, this movie pissed me off on my... I, I was like, I'm going to rewatch it for a second time. And it really pissed me off the second time. Because I realized that this movie's kind of just a ripoff of Child's Play. No. Well. 
You don't mean it. I mean it. Uh, there, and also the poster for this movie pisses me off above it sucks. everything else because the poster is of a character that does not appear in this movie, <laughs> and it also looks like a base set Pokemon 3D card, um, where they just got any sort of free 3D assets they could find on Google, and they made a little guy with stupid uh, Jack Frost font, spooky font, and it says he's chillin' and killin'. And uh, to the person who made this, go fuck yourself. That's what I'm gonna say. Honestly, go fuck yourself. They totally missed, and I'm saying go fuck yourself, because chillin' and killin' like a villain? Come on. <laughs> Let's get some more flow in there. That would have been That would have been a tagline to rival the B-movie. With its various taglines like... Uh, honey is funny. Honey is funny. And, uh, well, that's all I can remember right now. And you know what? Uh, they gave him also a tongue in this movie. Jack Frost does not have a tongue in this movie, okay? And he doesn't even have a carrot nose in the in the poster. He has a human skull nose. I think what happened here was that they made the movie, and then, you know, whichever shit production company distributes the direct-to-video films, they just hire somebody to do, like, a fucking 20-minute cover art job. And they're probably the only memo they slipped this guy who didn't see the movie was Killer Snowman. Was that, like, uh, General Grievous and the 2D Clone Wars? <laughs> something like that, yeah. Probably. Just a total miscommunication. Uh, it's basic shit, but, I mean, you know what? To be fair... You're not going to see any posters of this because this was not in theaters, so it's just going to be on the DVD covers. VHS uh, cover. Yeah. I mean, you know what? I'll say this, though. The movie, you know, if if you had to judge a film by its cover, you know, I would totally write this off as, like, crap, crap. You know, this movie's crap, but it's it's kind of, it's pretty funny crap, honestly. There's some good stuff in this movie, and uh, honestly, I was I was pretty entertained throughout the whole runtime for the most part. It's pretty sh- it's it's only an hour and a half, which is I guess pretty standard, um, but I think it's a pretty f- funny film, and it has some clever jokes. It it does. One thing I'll say though, and this is kind of something I'm noticing with more reviews that we do, mm-hmm. is that about two thirds of the way in. I was thinking, mm-hmm. okay, this is sort of drag. <laughs> That's kind of what's happening with these movies that are entertaining. Like, I, is this one so bad it's good? Maybe. But with the so bad it's good movies, sometimes I find that around the end, they're, they are kind of starting to throw in filler words in their essay. You know, they're saying thus and therefore. And I'm thinking, oh, <laughs> okay. Cheese stick, let's get it going. Uh, so, that's what I'll say about that. Well, you're right, okay? So, the movie, the plot of this movie is basically, you ha- you follow this uh, police sheriff. Um, and he is the one who caught this serial killer who was, you know, crossing state borders and killing people and leaving a trail of bodies as he went. Um, his name is Sam Tiller. And he, so he captures Jack Frost, and Jack Frost goes to prison. And as we know, he becomes this weird genetically modified snow monster and he escapes. And he, of course, he's going to go back to the town of Snowminton, <laughs> which is hilarious, uh, to 
kill Sam and kill his family and kill everyone he loves because he's a crazy psycho man. First thing I want to say, I love the scene when he turns into a... Uh, when he dies, kind of. <laughs> they just show him getting absolutely blasted with like this vat of acid. And then it like cuts away each time. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't a terribly large budget. So first he just has like some sores. Then he's like pretty disfigured. His hair is gone. And then in like the third cut, he just like this like <laughs> he just like the skeleton. He looks like one of the rotted corpses that Indiana Jones finds in like a fucking temple. <laughs> uh, and then he just turns into blood and then he gets absorbed into the snow. Um, I also want to say this. Sam Raimi ripped this off with the sandman this is the same origin basically some some bullshit science happens and he erodes into the his environment except in this case instead of sand it's snow and then he becomes a super snow sandman and he can kill people by melting into water and then reforming wherever he wants so he's got some cool powers here also jack Um, frost is just whipping a one-liner this whole movie like the vat of acid explodes. He's like, this is, he says something like, this is going to hurt like a bitch or <laughs> something like that. The one-liners in this from, uh, who's the, who's the performance of this? Okay. So Jack Frost is played by Scott McDonald. He does a great job. First of all, and this is a small thing, but uh, he reminded me a little bit of Rico from Judge Dredd, which we did last week. Uh, <laughs> but th- this guy, he, as as the Jack Frost, like, human, which he's only for, like, five minutes, he was pretty captivating because he's playing the very, very stereotypical, like, I'm just completely crazy, like, ah, give me a smoke, ha, 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 <laughs> and then he doesn't give him the smoke, and he breaks his neck, and he's got the cigarette, whoa, uh, and then his one-liners are fucking hilarious because he's doing the one-liners in this voice, and he's doing, like, a... <laughs> it's, not a snowman voice because it's not a thing that exists but he's doing like a uh yeah fuck yeah voice basically he's doing the ken kniff voice uh but (laughs) i want to find some of these quotes because they're actually really funny next time Uh, on the mistletoe uh he kills he kills at one point in the film he kills a guy with his axe and he goes gosh i only axed you for a smoke oh (laughs) i love that one that was my favorite um he gets burnt initially uh so midway through the film as well they find a way uh to just to blow him up they just fill a room full of aerosol and then they shoot him and it ignites the building but then he survives and he's all deformed he says look mom a picasso uh there's so many great lines like that that's basically here for the whole movie i'll say this those are those lines were legitimately funny okay every time jack frost cracked the joke you know, I cracked this little smile. Okay, it was good shit. And honestly, a Jack Frost design, I don't even mind it that much. Like, he's just, like, basically a generic a giant snowman. Uh, but, I mean, you know, I think it's a better direction than having, like, some, like, super scary snow monster where he's got icicles coming out of his head and shit like that. I mean, he does plenty of that, but, you know, less so. For the most part, he just he just looks like a pissed-off version of Frosty the Snowman. I didn't mind his design all that much, other than, I know this is kind of nitpicking, but um, I'll do it anyways. The The snow effect isn't all that good, like he just looks like paper mache 
No, it's not. A lot of the snow in this is really bad, actually. There's like a scene it's... where they're doing like a, a snowman building contest, which is, I guess is what they do in rural America because they don't have mm-hmm. anything else to do. Um, mm-hmm. And the snow just looks like string, like cut up string. <laughs> I don't really get it. But anyways, the only issue I have with this design is he has these like his hands are oven mitts. Yeah. And in some scenes where it's like a POV of him, you see the oven mitt. And sometimes if you look close enough, you can see the arm, the bare arm that is sticking out of the oven mitt. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wish they would have done a full arm so I didn't have to see <laughs> his human arm hiding under the oven mitt. A bit of a fuck up there. Yeah, I'll admit that. But I do like his design, like uh, just on paper. I like his design. Yeah, and you know what? I think the comedy overall in this movie is pretty good. You don't only get stuff from Jack Frost. Mm -hmm. Uh, You get it from some of the townsfolk. And I'll say right off the bat that the least interesting character in this movie is Sheriff Sam. He's just the most white bread guy ever. He barely cracks any jokes. I think he's the best actor in the movie. He, like he does a good the, the, the problem with this and this is another problem is that he's like the only one doing a serious acting job everyone else is having fun with this <laughs> i swear to god like every like he's trying like jack frost he's, he's shit posting everybody else like especially the cops like talk about movie cops these guys are like hilarious yeah uh so he's like he sticks out like a sore thumb for that reason okay so for me he's like the least interesting but okay. then you get some good, you get some good humor from like his his cop, his fellow cops. I don't even remember their names, but I like the scene when they find the lady uh, who gets her face smashed into uh, fucking Christmas uh, ornaments, and she's all bloodied up. And then one of them is popping a snowman shaped pep dispenser, <laughs> and the other one goes to puke. There's good like visual comedy moments like that. I have to note as well, if we're talking about uh, the kills here, I like some of the kills, mm-hmm. okay? Some of the, let's th- we can run down some of them, okay? So the first one that happens is they just find a guy. So pre- they presume that Jack Frost is dead, so they're all chilling. But then they find a guy frozen to hell. Yeah. And apparently his neck's been snapped. And the coroner is like, well, you know, it sh- should be foul play because his neck is snapped, but there's no, you know, there's no bruises. There's no lesions. What's going on? So they're like, what the hell's going on? Uh, second kill, <laughs> you get the scene that reminded me of the kids in Silent Night, Deadly Night, uh, like the <laughs> chimp kid. <laughs> because the the son of Sam, uh, not the son of Sam, David Berkowitz, but Sam's son, uh, is building a snowman and it's it's like it's he's not building a snowman they find the snowman in the yard and his mom says here here's this carrot here's some rocks go clean them up make them look classy then these kids come by and they say hey uh dork uh there's a black guy's patch right here can you get out of our way and he's like but this is my yard and he's like uh don't care <laughs> and then the snowman smacks the bully and then and, and pre- they do this exact thing in the fucking Silent Night, Deadly Night. The sled, they're sledding down and they cut the kid's head off with the sled. <laughs> and then they're like, oh my God. And then that's kill number two. That was pretty good. What else is there? Um. So there's the one where he sh- somehow projects icicles out of his hands and impales. Yeah, he can just do that. Yeah, I guess. Impales <laughs> the guy and... 
that in that scene, it like it seemed like they were ripping off Halloween. I I swear to God. Where it sticks him to the wall. It sticks him to a wall. He just had sex or whatever. The lighting is very blue, and they're in a kitchen, just like in Halloween. It is it, honestly yes, that is like the Halloween. I mean, it's not nearly as good as Halloween, of course, because he comes up and. Be- I mean, it's not going to be as good as Halloween because he prefaces that kill with it isn't frosty, bitch. <laughs> so, you know, the, the tension ruined there. <laughs> uh, but then, yeah, the, he, he stabs him and then he stabs him in the head. Uh, then I think we get I, this is a pretty infamous scene from this film before. I actually had not when you mentioned this movie like two weeks ago saying we should review it. I was like, I'm pretty sure I've never heard of this. I had seen on YouTube this particular scene. I don't know if it was from like Red Letter or Nostalgia Critic or Screen Junkies, some YouTube channel that was showcasing this film. I've seen it. I too. remember this. I've seen this scene where basically it's Shannon Elizabeth who is in American Pie as the girl um, that the main guy in American Pie creeps on with a video camera, uh, and she's in the bathtub waiting for Tommy who just got killed by being impaled by an icicle. And Jack Frost, of course, can turn into water, so he drip, he slinks into the bathroom as water, and then he gets in the tub, and then he turns into snowman, and then he's hugging her, and his icic- and his carrot is gone, and and then we get a thirty to forty second rape scene where he's raping her, and then she dies. Um, <laughs> the scene is funny, okay? And it, it's, <laughs> I'll say this, it's comical because it just looks like, it, it, first of all, he's holding her in the most awkward way possible. Like, it's just so unconvincing that he, it's a person or a living being holding a person. Uh, and then he's just, like, slowly bouncing her off the wall. And you're not really sure what's going on until after where he makes innuendos. And you find out it's, and you find out, you know, in the trivia or in the production notes here, that it wasn't initially a rape scene. But when they were editing it, they saw that it looked like a rape scene, so they just went with it anyway, and they threw in some one-liners. That one is weird. I don't even know how he kills her there. Uh, She just falls on the ground, and then blood comes out of her mouth. Yeah, it doesn't Uh, make any sense that they had sex because he has no thrust. Um, so it, it yeah. doesn't make sense. Then he just kind of hits her against the wall. Um, yeah. And then she, she, her eyes are closed. She's dead. And then her eyes open and then blood comes out of her mouth. And then I think we got a Christmas came early or something like that. Christmas came early. <laughs> <laughs> fucking one line is in this man. You know, that's the kind of shit I miss in modern horrors. I mean, you know, that's not even like a really a horror convention in any good horror movie, but just those kind of cheesy one-liners, you know, they hit the spot sometimes, you know. They do. Yeah, of course. Um, one thing I want to talk about quickly, you mentioned the yeah. old man kill. Yeah. What I was totally fine with that prop until they did a close-up on it, mm-hmm. and then you could see inside the mouth was just painted black, uh, like it's some comic mm-hmm. book shit. Like, they were just like, oh, it's uh, dark, so just paint it black. Oh, my God. That bothered the hell out of me. And one thing also, there's a lot of POV shots in this movie, like Tarantino opening the trunk type shots, where, like, anytime there's a new kill, the cops come and we just see them looking at 
whoever is killed and then they just talk. I don't like I was like, oh that's kinda cool. Uh that they have these these shots all throughout the movie. I don't I liked it. I thought that was cool. Actually those scenes were I I agree, like that POV shot where you have the Pez dispenser and then the guy puking. I thought that was really funny. Uh, and they do it pretty well. Um, the And I forgot to mention, sorry, and this is just not another kind of inconsistency, or maybe this is a really a symptom of a bad script. Because, I mean, some of the dialogue in this, while clever and funny, a lot of it is just pretty bog standard to fill in time because this is a 90-minute movie and the plot is not exactly riveting. Um, this lady, um, or this 18-year-old girl, um, 20 minutes or like a few hours before the scene where she's getting ready to have sex, her brother died. Okay. That was her brother <laughs> who got his head cut. Yeah. Off. And in fact, the whole family situation there is so odd and it's so unconvincing. It, it kind of took me out. Okay. <laughs> so the kid dies and the dad and the mom in the are there the- and the dad and the dad is pissed. Okay. And it's like kind of believable, but he seems pissed in. I can't explain it, but his his acting's not great there, okay? He's like, he's shaking his wife saying, don't don't tell me to calm down. And then he's like, Sheriff, what are we going to do about this? The mom isn't even really that phased about this, okay? Then we have the scene where they're at home and they're all kind of sulking. Uh, they look like the family in a movie where the turkey got burnt and they're sad rather than the <laughs> fact that their youngest son just got fucking decapitated in the middle of town. Uh, and then his daughter is like, I loved Billy, but I'm going out anyway. And she didn't really give a fuck. <laughs> that was kind of immersion breaking. It doesn't even matter because all of these fuckers get killed right after. Um, the best kill in this movie, okay, and that brings me to the best kill in this movie, is the mom dying. I almost feel bad for her because she's a sweet lady. She puts the tea on. She just wants everyone to be happy. She wants. She just wants a little bit of festivities, you know. Uh, one of my favorite lines from the dad, actually, whose name is Jake, uh, when she says, let's turn on the Christmas tree, is like, your son's not cold five hours and you want festivities? <laughs> uh, <laughs> good line, good line. Uh, so he kills this lady. Um, it's a hilarious scene. And this might be my favorite, like, one to two minutes of the movie because he peers behind her randomly. And then he's wrapping the Christmas lights around her neck. And it does... The shot composition is, is so funny because it does like this weird zoom in, zoom out. Like it's like the 60s TV show Yeah. on Jack Frost's face, like randomly. And then the cuts in it are so quick, I guess because they didn't have like a functioning Jack Frost model uh, to like move around and have it wrap it around her neck. And then the funniest part of this is when he takes her face with his oven mid hand and he's burying it in this in this fucking box of ornaments. And it's the almost obvious dummy ever. So it's so, so funny when he's doing it. And then he he, he lifts her face up and he, she, she's like shocked because her face is all bloodied and cut up. And then he does it like two more times. <laughs> <laughs> and this is seriously like one of the best parts of the movie. This is where like the movie shines when it just has the dumbest, silly cor- comedy horror moments like this. That's my favorite kill of the movie. And then there's some others, but I don't think they're too memorable. And he but just takes like a star and impales it on her head. <laughs> yeah. And then he strings her up on the tree and then later they find her. Um, but you know what? On that front, this is really where that movie succeeds when it leads into the comedy. I almost wish it was more like explicit comedy instead of kind of trying to be like an actual horror movie. Because on that front, it fails pretty badly. Okay. 
it's not scary at all. No. I think you can agree with this. And a good horror movie doesn't necessarily have to be scary, scary, especially for us when we've seen a lot of them. But there isn't really even that much tension in scenes when Jack is stalking a victim or calling out. You're kind of just waiting for the next moment when he kills someone in a funny manner. Or, and you know, he has like, um, like three or four scenes where they think they killed him with either a hairdryer or aerosol or a furnace. And then surprise, he's back. Uh, the second time after this happened, I was like, okay, can't wait to see this three or four more times. Um, and I think that's kind of a symptom of me being able to see that there's still 20 minutes left in the movie. Uh, when they say, oh, we killed Jack Frost. But you know, I digress. Uh, I'll, I'll defend the movie. And I'll say there's two scenes that had tension. Okay. The first one is when the kid is making Jack Frost, mm-hmm. the snowman, and then he's carving his mouth out with his hand. Yes, okay, that was a good scene, actually, you're right. And then he takes his hand out, and then we see, like, Jack Frost's mouth kind of forms a rest on its own, and then he goes back in to smooth out. I'm like, oh, he's going to bite the kid's hand or something. Mm-hmm. didn't but i was like there's some tension there the other one is when jack frost is just hanging out in this guy's yard um somehow the somehow the dad doesn't realize that the snowman just magically appeared in his yard um maybe he's grieving and doesn't have time for festivities i don't know <laughs> but <laughs> He's walking around the uh, the yard with an axe. Jack Frost is talking to him somehow um, using movie magic. Jack Frost is projecting his voice in such a way that he can't tell where the voice is coming from. And then mm-hmm. maybe my favorite kill, Jack Frost does a reverse axe kill. kill. Impales him through the mouth with the handle of the axe. And this is my favorite thing because I wrote it down. I said... Um, where is it? What? Did I not write it down? But I said, what? I have to listen to what Jack Frost says. Because he does a pun. I think this is, I only axed you for a smoke. He does a pun one-liner into a reverse axe kill. I was like, okay, you know what? This movie's a (laughs) ten-bagger. And that was when Luke knew that this movie was a massive piece of cinema. A pun one-liner into a reverse kill. Oh my god! You know what? I'll I'll break your immersion. Why is Jack Frost asking for a smoke? He can't handle that kind of heat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, we shouldn't be doing it either, and we still do it. So hey, well, hey, if you got him, smoke him. Hey, you know what? Hey, you're when you write, you write, and you write this time. Well, here's Um, one other immersion-breaking thing. Okay, I'll let you have your turn. He goes inside a lot in this movie. Yes. Why doesn't he melt? Um, he, you know what? Maybe it's really cold. Maybe they don't have the greatest facilities. Yeah, true. The logistics for this don't really make sense. I mean, okay, let's talk about the like the sci-fi element that they add. And yep. I guess it's a good time to talk about the FBI agents. In English, so, please. In English, Doc. All right, let's hear it. Uh, so you find, so there's these two agents, okay? Agent Manners, uh, who, as the sheriff says, is an asshole. And then you have his little assistant, Stone, who's just like this dumb little dweeb. So basically you find out that that genetic stuff that got sprayed all over Jack Frost in the crash was developed by Stone. 
uh, in the event of some sort of nuclear holocaust or Armageddon, he wanted to create a way for the human species uh, to live on. So he found a way, uh, if you can believe this, science majors, to bond uh, the helix of your DNA to inert material, as he says. And that's all the explanation you get. It doesn't really make any sense. Soul is a molecule. Yeah, uh, that was a weird moment when he says, you know, the soul is, is tangible. It's not some electrical field or some some religious aspect. It's it's a chemical. <laughs> and I was like, okay, uh, let's just go back to the funny stuff again. Uh, so you have these two agents here. I like Agent Manners in this because he just plays it. Uh, it's just a government dickhead, basically. Uh, his performance is just very deadpan, but I actually kind of liked him. Uh, Stone was alright halfway through the movie he just decides that he's gonna help Jack Frost quote unquote so they're like but he's not on his side they're just tagging along with him and he's like don't kill Jack and at one point Manners like just elbows the fuck out of him (laughs) uh, when he's like trying to grab his gun to stop him from hurting Jack Frost that shit was funny and then Jack just kills him Actually, that's a good. That's another good kill, and this is another. And I forgot how many good kills there are in this. Actually, um, Stone, after getting cornered by Jack Frost, is like, "Let me help you. Let me help you." And he's Jack Frost, like, "Fuck you!" And then Stone says, "But wait, how does it feel to come back from the dead?" And then Jack Frost says, "It feels cold." <laughs> and then Stone walks out of the building. They're like, "Stone, you okay?" And then he just starts puking snow, and Jack comes out. And I guess he used him as a as a thing host kind of thing. It was kind of cool. You see Stone um, at a side profile when he's puking, and you can tell that this is a hose. God, this is the, the side worst of his face effect ever. I, you know what? I was looking. I was trying to find the budget of this movie. Okay, because you know it's a low budget film, but it has some value. Like I could see, like I can't. I'm I'm really can't estimate. I don't want to estimate a budget. But I couldn't find any concrete numbers. But here's what they here's what was said about it. Okay, um, Michael Cooney, who was the writer, the only reason he was the director of this is because they couldn't afford one. Uh, so he did double duty. And then the other thing is that uh, he referenced a popular commercial at the time, a Campbell Soup lettuce snow commercial, which was thirty million dollars. Um, and he said that Jack Frost was made for the cost of the catering budget of that commercial. So that's all we know about how much money was put into this. But yeah, that effect is really shit. Um, it's, that one is like, that's like something that would be done today, ironically. Yeah. If they were to make like a, you know, homage to crappy direct-to-video movies where it's the most obvious hose. It's not, sometimes they do the hose well, and I'll say that. Sometimes I've seen movies where I'm like, yeah, like, I can tell that's a hose because, you know, a dude can't uh, vomit, like, five gallons of puke or whatever, (laughs) but, like, at least they center it in the mouth. This one, like, half of it is going, like, coming out the top of his mouth. It's kind of ridiculous, but yeah. Um, effects wise it's not a stunning picture no i'll say that manners reminded me of um the guy from the other guys with the accent um wait the guy from the other guys oh i know who you're talking about like uh the guy who works for um uh the banker yeah 
Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he does come off. He's got the same kind of feel. Uh, he's also got a turtleneck because uh, that's how all government agents dress. Uh, <laughs> Manners, I, I didn't mind Manners. Manners gets killed too, I think, right? Um, I don't think so. Or he gets he get oh yeah he does because he gets roughed up by Jack in that furnace scene. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, so he dies. R.I.P. Manners. Um, and one thing I forgot to mention in terms of characters and comedy, and this is a great source of it, is Sh- Sheriff's assistant named Marla, who's just there to make quips, basically. Uh, she's dating one of the police officers, but anytime she says anything, it's just in like a very sarcastic way. Like, um, <laughs> at one point, uh, and this is a, one of my favorite small moments, they're mapping out the town, Manners and the Sheriff, trying to figure out how to blockade everything so Jack doesn't escape. And the sheriff says, you know, you forgot the cemetery. And Manners says, no, I didn't forget. And he says, yes, he did, because he destroyed the fence. And then Manners says, oh, you're right. And then Marla in the background, who's pouring coffee, just goes, ha! And then the scene changes to something else. Uh, She's great. Uh, She has a few lines here and there. And that's, like, the big thing for me is that, like, a lot of the townsfolk in this, and basically everybody except the main character, is, like, just really doing, like, a kind of goofy performance. It's so weird for me that this movie, in terms of tone, is, like, very silly. And it's, like, obviously meant to be deliberately silly, but sometimes it kind of skirts that line where you're, like, is this supposed to be legitimate or not? Uh, Another scene that kind of, like, toes the line between serious or not is the one scene where they're undressing Tommy and uh, Jake's daughter, whose name I forget. And... It's comical because they take like 25 seconds to take off all their clothes because they're wearing winter clothes. But I don't know if that was meant to be a joke or not. Because they have so many layers. There's so many layers. I yeah. like That's one of those things where like the tone of the movie is weird for me in that regard. It just needed to commit a little bit more for me, I feel. That's it. There's um a Chekhov's gun that they set up earlier in the movie. <laughs> This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my whole life, by the way. And this is one thing that I don't know if it's supposed to be a joke or not. It, it has to be. So, what's his son's name? Who cares? His little son, Billy, is making um, him slop for to take to lunch. The, to the sheriff to take to lunch. It just looks like shit shit with marshmallows in it. And there's a little bottle of uh, antifreeze next to the stove. And the sheriff takes it and he's like, oh, I'm going to have this for lunch. I don't I'm full right now. Takes it to work, throws it out. And then we hear his son, Billy, go in his head. Oh, you didn't eat it. I, I made it special for you. And he feels bad, and he goes back and he grabs it and doesn't eat it. And then later on in the movie, it's revealed that little Billy put antifreeze in his food because he didn't want his dad to get cold at work. So there's two things that we learned there. Number one, his son's um, fucking dumb. Stupid head. (laughs) Number two... Is that, well, now we can kill Jack Frost with this food. And I'm like, this is the dumbest setup I have ever heard (laughs) in my life. It makes no sense, because his son was going to kill him if he ate that. 
his his son has to know what antifreeze does. Um, and like, like what? It okay. It's so silly that like that's a, that's something where it's like there's no way that they were like the reveal for the antifreeze is that the son put it in the oatmeal that he kept. <laughs> it's it's just so outlandish. It it's silly. The other thing is that it's kind of, I mean, just logistically, it's kind of stupid. For some reason, okay, when they burn Jack Frost, he's fine. He'll just melt and he'll come back again. But for some reason, if you pour antifreeze on him, he turns into flesh. And they pour that antifreeze on him and then half his face is burned off. And it's just like this mass of pus and veins and stuff. Um, it, that makes no That makes no sense uh at all actually uh but it gives us a means to kill jack frost and i guess that brings us to the finale where they decide okay we're gonna have to lure jack frost into a giant vat of antifreeze uh these guys are real einsteins ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen so you know we get a classic i'll lure him you you get it ready and then the classic oh the hero got hurt jack is impaling him uh and then he pushes him out the window into this vat of antifreeze. I actually like this scene because <laughs> what you have here is you have the sheriff wrestling with a bunch of fake props in a vat of <laughs> green liquid. Uh, and it's really the point. It's it, This is the climax of the movie, okay? Is where he's wrestling with like a, a giant white oven mitt in a fucking... <laughs> the bed of a truck in antifreeze it's pretty good i like it uh and jack frost is screaming he's going ah fuck oh my god <laughs> and then they kill him and then his son's like wait dad hold on you forgot a piece and the dad's like no and then that one arm uh starts choking out the son so the mom picks up the son hands it to the dad and then he starts dunking him into the antifreeze like <laughs> Like, like he's an antifreeze born again Christian. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Like that was another good funny scene. I don't know if that was meant to be comedic, but it was really funny. And then they're all, and then Jack Frost is dead. He's done. He's melted in the antifreeze. Well, no, then, we have a cliffhanger. Yeah. Okay. And then the then okay. Then they decided that this was a premise that warranted another production. Uh, God knows why. So Jack, seemingly Jack Frost can't be killed, okay? Because he can't like destroy water, I guess, unless you put it in like a particle collider or something. Well, you can't destroy the soul. It's a, it's a chemical. It's a molecule. Oh, oh, Jesus, it's okay. So they get this antifreeze. The FBI shows up and they decide, okay, we're gonna bottle up all this antifreeze that has the Jack residue in it, and then they just put it all into like a million bottles, and then they bury it. And that's the end of the movie. Oops, there's the classic stinger. You look at the bottle underground and it starts fizzing up. That means Jack's not dead. That means he's coming back. And better believe it, there is a sequel to this movie. Which we will be doing. That one is a tough one to say. Uh, I don't know if it'll have nearly as much charm and appeal. I mean, the novelty wore off for you after the second act. So how is the second film going to do? I don't know. But I like the title of it, which is Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman, which I think is an homage to Calvin and Hobbes. Um, Maybe. I have, the I have the collection here. The book is called 
Attack of the Deranged Killer Monster Snow Goons. That's pretty similar. That is. But, uh, yeah, and that ends the film. It's, uh, you know, it's okay. I'll say this. I think it's very entertaining. I think most people, if you're into the so bad, it's good. You'll probably get more out of this um, than you might expect. Me, personally, I, I'm starting to get burnt out on just so bad it's good. Because, as you said, uh, there's diminishing returns at a certain point. Yeah. Uh, but the thing with this one is that I, they do a better job than most at peppering out the stuff that you actually want which is just the hilarious, ridiculous stuff throughout the entire film. So while there are, while there is stuff that drags, like any kind of serious investigation scene or any kind of, you know, the scene where they're... This is like, this is just an example. I have this on my screen right now. The scene where they go to the window after they fill the room with aerosol and then he goes, oh, I forgot the keys. And instead of running all the way down the hall, holding his breath and coming back... He takes like 25 seconds to slowly lumber down the hall to grab the keys. This is just like a classic example of shit that like should have been cut in the movie. Like I'm not scared at all for this man, okay? <laughs> he, he's fighting a prosthetic snowman that says bitch. So it's really hard for this to be dramatic. Uh, but overall, okay, overall, mostly enjoyable. There, there's a two other things I, I just want to mention. Number okay. one, it's kind of a plot hole for me. I don't have okay. an answer. After Frosty, or sorry, Mister Frost has it's Jack Frost. He's it's not Frosty, bitch. <laughs> okay, <laughs> don't you know? After he has a sled kill, and his head pops off, somebody yeah. comes and picks up his head and puts it back onto his body. And I don't know who did it. That, okay, that was, in, I'm glad you actually mentioned that because, um, so somebody picks up the head and you assume it's like a police officer. And I, I kind of like this part because they look, so then the sheriff is talking with, I think his wife or something. They're going like, what's going on? Who's doing this? And Sam says something like, I don't know, but this is, I have a funny feeling about this. Then they look over to the head and whoever is holding the, the Jack Frost head dramatically turns it. Yeah. And that's the best part. Uh, I don't know who that is, but they have a great sense <laughs> of of dramatic timing. Uh, they should get into show business, quite frankly. That was good stuff. I think it's supposed to be a cop. Maybe. And then at the end when they're having their antifreeze bath, they're like taking mouthfuls of it. <laughs> and it's like getting in their eyes. <laughs> but you like... never had an antifreeze bath? No, not yet. Are they are they good? It you know, um, I I advise it as an alternative to the juice cleanse. It really really sears out all the bad omens from you. It really drains all the poisonous stuff. It's it's cleansing. I'll say that. Yeah. Um. Oh, was it overall enjoyable for me? No, I'll say no. D damn it! <laughs> Shit. Like, yeah, I, well, okay. Was it enjoyable? Yes. Was it good? Was it quality overall? No, 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 no. of course not. I'll watch it again. I, I don't know about you. I've never seen a direct -to, good direct-to-video movie, okay? I'll say that. Like, you know? <laughs> have you ever seen one? No. There's a reason they go direct-to-video. It's because they just get a small budget. They get a small crew. They try to put something out, and they hope that it sells. 
honestly, the best fate for these kind of movies is when they pick up a cult following because then they endure and, uh, you know, they're not just lost to Walmart store shelves and whatever they do with those movies after they've been sitting there for a couple of years. Landfill time. Landfill. I would love to go. Instead of like an E.T. style landfill, just a landfill of direct-to-video crap. Like, <laughs> like I don't know, like laser blast in this. And we need like to do... That. You know what? At, next show, laser blast. blast. We should do laser blast. Yeah, we're doing it. One. We're doing it. After the, whatever's planned next. For Mad next Max. show? Mad Max. Okay, yeah, okay. Laser blast. Okay, I'm down. We haven't done a lot of So Bad It's Good lately. And I mean, you know what? Hey, that's a big appeal. That's like half of all cult movies. Okay, half of them are cult because they're good. And half of them are cult because they're bad. So we will uh, cater to all types of cop fans. All right. Although next week we're doing a good, good movie. I think so. I haven't seen it, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be good. I mean, it's got Mr. Mel Gibson. I mean, he's never done anything wrong, ever. He always hits the home runs. He always... Yeah, man. He always hits the home runs, and it's always done tastefully, you know? He's a man of class. I'm sure we'll see lots of wooden doors in that movie. (sighs) No shit. Jamie pulled that off. (laughs) Wooden doors? Uh... (laughs) That's no me more, making no more fun about... of him. That's not me uh, agreeing. <laughs> That's classic Mel. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> the, you know what? Mel did the unthinkable. And honestly, this might not have happened if, to him if it had happened later on. Is that he got uncancelled. Which is to say, I guess people forgave him. Because uh, he's making movies now and everyone kind of forgets that whole th- fiasco. You want to talk about but, Army Hammer? Uh, not really. <laughs> Look, I, Army Hammer, I was talking about this with friend of the show. And Army Hammer is in one of my favorite films, which is The Social Network. Mm-hmm. And he's great in that film. And I think Army Hammer is a great ha- uh, a great actor. He's in uh, Call Me By Your Name. He's good in that. He's even decent in Man From U.N.C.L.E. as like a KGB agent. Was he in Sorry to Apparently- Bother You? He is as in Sorry to Bother You. And basically what we found out supposedly is that the character that he is in Sorry to Bother You is also him in real life. <laughs> uh, okay. um, look, here's what I'm going to say is that I'm, I can't, at this point, I'm not surprised at all at X actor is a rapist slash abuser slash whatever. It doesn't shock me. And it's not just because Hollywood is so full of this stuff. It's because just, you know, if you're a man in that kind of power position, you know, no one man should have all that power. Yep. Okay. And they're going to abuse it, especially like a dashing, handsome, rich man like Army Hammer. He's probably, he's a piece of shit, apparently. He's a rapist. Uh, and, you know, he, the weird, the big thing I think that people are saying is that he's a cannibal. And this is because some girl t- was texting him and he said, I'm 100% a cannibal. I love to drink blood. Uh, there wasn't just that one. There were I there unfortunately went through the whole goddamn thing. There's many things. Okay, it's just here's the thing. Um, do I like? I, I don't know. It just like to me at this point, it doesn't affect anything in regards. It's not gonna affect my movie watching habits. I'm still gonna enjoy Social Network. Like yep. it's not gonna take away my enjoyment from that. And never has. Okay, I still like Roman. I love Chinatown. You know, Roman Polanski still needs to go to prison. Yeah. Okay? 
it doesn't change anything for me. It's just the thing. It's it's the artist separate artist from art thing. You know, I mean, I can see he already pulled out a one movie, and maybe he won't get any more roles. But uh, hey, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I still like Kevin Spacey movies, but he's he's canceled permanently, basically at this point. I still like the Beatles. I still like the Beatles, man. It's have fun enjoying any sort of musical act because newsflash, almost all musicians are egotists, pieces of shit. Okay, <laughs> almost all of them are fucking assholes. Okay, and I don't know. Maybe it's a symptom of you know just talented people is that they get egos because they know their worth. But uh, yeah, most famous people are not great people. That's that's the long and short of it. And we're gonna have to wrestle with that fact. The best thing you can do, become famous and be a good person. Go against the grain. Pretty much. Amen. And that's that's my spiel. One last thing I'll talk about. Um, uh, I talked about how the effects aren't that good. The snow's not that good, and it's because they were doing... Um, uh, they were filming this... When they were filming this movie, it was in winter. However, the temperatures were like 70 degrees, and it was during a drought. Mm. So they didn't get a lot of snow. So it is what it is. Uh, a couple more pieces of trivia. Um, there was the stunt sequence where they fall out the window. That was done in one shot, apparently. Uh, and Into like the, the antifreeze? Yeah, apparently that was one shot, which is you know kind of cool. This is the most interesting piece I found, and I wish I could find more about it. But obviously, the person who did this did not get the role. One guy who read for the role of Jack Frost pulled a knife at his audition. Oh, yeah, and uh, I can't find anything else about this, though. But he should have gotten the role, because that is authentic. Maybe, that is, yeah, that he might have been in character. That is some method acting shit, okay? If you're committed to method acting before you get the role, give it to him. That's what uh, Michael Dorn did to be Worf. Is he, he was wearing Klingon makeup for... No, for but he, he came in, like, completely in character. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, hey, Michael Dorn's pretty good. I like him, so it's good on him. You know, that's also how. <laughs> did you know that Walking Phoenix to prepare for the role of Joker actually watched Jack Frost? <laughs> because that was the only way to get into the mindset of a mentally ill, depressed person for him. So yeah, yeah. fun fact for you there. You can do that or play Overwatch, I guess. <laughs> Okay, one last piece of trivia and then we're done. Okay. Um, they were going to make a Jack Frost 3, but in a ironic twist, Christopher Allport, who plays Sheriff Sam, um, was killed in an avalanche in 2008, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, he was in some other stuff too, by the way. Uh, let me take a look. There was something very notable. Oh, oh, this isn't... Okay, he wasn't in... He was in some other stuff. He's, like, in X-Files and Mad Men. Um, but maybe his, like, one of the most interesting things... He actually auditioned for the role of Han Solo. Oh, really? Yeah, he auditioned with Amy Irving, who I believe was married to Steven Spielberg. Uh, yeah, it was... She was married to Steven Spielberg. She was an actress. And they auditioned together for Han and Leia and... Yeah, they didn't get the role. Yeah, and then George called in Harrison Ford, who was working on something <laughs> for... Uh, for... Oh, come on. Who directed Apocalypse Now? 
Coppola. Coppola. Yeah, Francis Ford Coppola. He was just building something, like an office for him or something. And then George was like, hey, come over here, buddy. Yeah. He's like, hey, you want to be in uh, you want to be in Star Wars, pal? And he said, I don't and know what Harris... the fuck a Star Wars is. Fuck off. <laughs> That's probably what he said. And honestly, he probably regrets that so bad. <laughs> it's it's funny. It's like a meme now, but like Hansel or Harrison Ford just absolutely despises Star Wars, or at least just despises talking about it. I mean, I guess when you get asked about it all the time, you know, it's it's gonna be a piss off, right? Yeah. But I mean, holy shit! Like this guy, he just didn't give a fuck. He does not give a fuck. Harrison, I know you get this a lot. Would Han Solo... Did he shoot first? Did he shoot first? Did he shoot first or did Greedo shoot first? His answer to that is is sublime, actually, which is, I don't know and I don't care. (laughs) That was his actual... That was his verbatim answer to that question. I think that was when... I think that was his answer, like, during uh, Force Awakens promo time when he was probably so so done with star wars and that's why he asked george to fucking kill his character out so he didn't have to come back (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad you know what i think he's coming back for indiana jones 5 and let me tell you i'm not looking forward to that okay i i really really do not want to see that uh it's not going to be directed by spielberg and it's going to be Harrison Ford at his oldest. And, I mean, God, Indiana Jones 4, guys, come on. This, I, I don't know who's excited for this. I'm not. I'm done. I'm done. Harrison, Look. is Han Solo a Twilight guy? Or is he more into the Rodians? You know what I'm saying? Now, does Han Solo know that parsecs is a unit of space <laughs> and not a measurement of time? Because uh, that seems like a pretty big farce uh, from you guys. So can you guys, can you explain that one to the fans, please? <laughs> I my dream in life is to be that guy at Comic Con <laughs> and just get and just get to ask all these actors and actresses the just most embarrassing shit ever. <laughs> That the just the absolute minutia of the franchise that nobody cares about. <laughs> My mom was doing a crossword today, and she was like, "What? What's a measurement of space or a measurement of distance in space?" And I was like, I "Like a parsec." She's like, "Oh yeah, that works." And then I told her, and Star Wars, Han Solo says like, "I made the Kessel Run in twelve parsecs or whatever," and I was like, "It's like if I was like, ah, I went to Walmart in four kilometers." Like, <laughs> now i haven't seen solo but correct me if i'm wrong don't they explain that in solo yeah because they have to explore every piece of lore in the uh, original trilogy so yes and and every throwaway line yes yep and every character so that's awesome so there it is there you have it folks uh see you next week when we review how many bags uh, how many how many ba- <laughs> how many bags yeah for Indiana Jones 4, uh, it's like 2 out of 5. I mean, it's got some visual flair. And, I mean, the CJ monkeys are, you know, better than people say. But uh, it's a pretty enjoyable romp overall. There was a crystal skull in a, in an episode of Clone Wars. Really? That's a nice little touch. You know, people forget that Lucasfilm is not just Star Wars. It's also Indiana Jones. Yep. I like to think they're in the same universe. I mean... Actually, they probably... I mean, okay, technically, I guess the Star Wars universe is supposed to be our universe, I guess, because it takes place in the past. 
in no. a different place. What do you mean, though? No? Oh, yeah. Like, is that canon? I don't actually know the canon answer, but I've always thought of it as, like, once upon a time. I yeah, don't think I of it so. actually as, like, it's in the past in our universe. Just in the past in this universe. But you people will get worked up when you call Star Wars, like, future stuff. I, I, this is just anecdotal, but I saw somebody i saw something online where somebody mentioned star wars being futuristic people are like actually it takes place in the past did you not did you miss that opening <laughs> in New Hope? i'm like okay guys i mean you know i mean <laughs> uh i don't know i don't know i don't know there's I also the out. ark of the covenant in clone wars yeah i have seen i've seen or in um in uh, in either Raider Raiders or Temple of Doom, you can see like um, R two and C three PO in like one of the hieroglyphics or something as an Easter egg. You can. It was included in one of the Indiana Jones Lego sets that I had too. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's another little bit of connection. But uh, you know what? It sucks that George Lucas can't work on that because he's also like partly inspired for Indiana Jones, and it doesn't surprise me. Because George Lucas, you know, Star Wars is is so inspired like by like space pulp and stuff like that, and Indiana Jones is just basically like a pulp comic on screen where he's fighting Nazis and he's doing implausible stuff with a bullwhip. Yeah. But uh, I really love Indiana Jones. I don't know if I've talked about it on the show, but Raiders, the first one, is one of my favorite movies. It's good. It's really good. But How many go bags for bags. Jack Frost? For me, this one is this one is tough, you know, because. I didn't hate this movie. It's a bad movie. It is. It entertained me thoroughly, but it is missing like basic stuff to make it a well-rounded movie. I'm gonna give it a three out of five. Okay. And and I'm gonna say that it's worth the watch if you like this type of film. Okay, I'm thinking uh, a four out of ten here. Four out of ten. Uh, would you recommend this to fans of the genre? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I'd watch it. Give it a watch. Yeah. It's not going to be something that you need to... It's not a must-watch, but watch it. You know, get get loose, get wild. You might like it. This is another entry into the repertoire of cult Christmas stuff. Throw this in. You know, this will be good next year. We'll throw this in a roulette with Black Christmas, Silent Night Part 1 and 2, uh, you know, and then Star Wars Holiday Special. You roll that wheel. No matter how you slice it, you're going to have a good time. I hope Jack Frost 2 is just Jack Frost now resurrected in prison as a snowman in, like, uh, uh a high security prison where it's always cold in his cell so he can't become liquid and escape and then mm-hmm. a police officer comes in and then Jack Frost just recounts the first movie in its entirety and we get a lot of flashbacks and then at the very end of the movie he escapes and then they just stop him yeah garbage day <laughs> you want to do a quick uh, review of WandaVision yeah, we can do a quick review of WandaVision. First episode. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Okay, so the uh, we watched WandaVision, the new show from Disney+. Plus, uh, and it was pretty decent. This Okay, here's the thing. Is that what they're doing 
you know, give them kudos for this because they didn't expect them to commit to this pr- uh, premise so heavily. Me neither. Is is that they have this can see basically is that every episode is kind of going to be like an era of sitcom history. So this first episode is it's like meant to be in the fifties, and it's so it's like a homage to like I Love Lucy and Dick Van Dyke Show and stuff like that. Now. The surrealist elements in it are great. Uh, we're watching it, and there's, as Luke said, a lynch moment. It was pretty good. Yeah, you know? and, that was awesome. And, that's, and that was the kind of stuff that you'll I like to see going forward. I think there's some pe- some people I'm seeing online are having a problem with, I guess, the committed the commitment to the idea because really the first episode really, and it's only like 25 minutes, is like 90 percent just straight face sitcom setup premise dialogue everything so all the jokes are really corny and it's got some nice visual flair and i think it looks very good and i think elizabeth olthen and paul bettany are doing a really good job but this is going to be a slow burn type of show first episode i enjoyed it uh i think it's a good start uh i watched the second episode too which is kind of more of the same they move into 60 sitcoms but like they're kind of indistinguishable but the appeal of this is going to be seeing more and more as we go on from you know whatever the hell is going on with this weird reality they're in and um they i i think they did the effects in the same way that they would do effects of the time they did uh that was awesome when Wanda lifts pots and pans, like you can almost see the bobbing, like they're on strings and mm-hmm. stuff like that. That stuff all looks good. And here's the thing is that people rag on Marvel for the formula. And I'll admit, the formula is tiring. Okay? We've seen 20 of these movies, especially with the whole Avenger saga done. You got to distinguish yourself in some way. Yes, or you're going to just is... die. Yeah, like, you know, I, I really am tired of just let's punch the bad guy and, and, and throw a couple of jokes in there. You know, clearly you never made an omelet type shit. Like, you know, I'm over it at this point. <laughs> okay. Let's put that behind us. Let's move on to stuff that's, you know, not necessarily experimental, but breaking the mold a little. And this is a good, this is a good first step. And they had like that funny ad in it, that sexist ad. Like, are you tired of your husband getting mad at you for you overcooking the toast? Yeah, that was really cool. Uh, they and it was a Stark brand toaster. So if you like, if you like things you that you know, uh, you'll find <laughs> plenty of them here. Uh, in the second episode, they also have another ad for like a Hydra watch, and it's it's pretty faithful. The ads are 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 a nice touch as well. It you can tell that the cast or not the cast, but the production crew for this, they did their research and they wanted to do something legitimate. I really kind of expected them to like just go like, haha, oh, the 50 sitcoms, and then guys, whoa, there's something else going on. Let's focus on that now. But I'm enjoying the show overall. Kind of makes me want to go back. I have seen like a few episodes of I Love Lucy, uh, but it kind of makes me want to go back and see what those kind of shows are like. So I'm enjoying it overall. At the Dizzaloo Studios. At the, at the Dizzaloo Studios. So I don't know, like, I really do not care about the MCU lore. What is the lore of the show? Like, why don't the they lore... know anything about themselves? Basically, we don't... If we have to refer to the comics, what's happening here is that... And this happens all the time in the comics, is that um, Scarlet Witch has 
poor control over her powers. Basically, anytime she gets kind of pissed, she just goes crazy and just starts uh, altering reality. So that's almost certainly what's going on here. We don't know the extent because, mm. you know, Vision is supposed to be dead because um, he did not come back in Endgame as some people would expect because that only brought people back who got killed by the snap. He just got murdered by Thanos right. and regularly. Uh, I think what's going to happen, this is my theory, and it's a mystery show, so I guess this is kind of half of the appeal, is that it's either all in her all, all in her own head, or that uh, Vision is actually back, and this is real Vision, but I'm sure they'll have some twists at the end where once the illusion is gone, he'll die, and then they'll have to have some big goodbye or something like that. That's what I think. Okay, that's fair. But, to, you know, this is pretty good. I see, I'll see. i say this, is that the Disney Plus stuff in terms of television series has been, honestly, like, I don't know, preferable alternative to the film. Honestly, at this point, I would say so. Because, like, yeah. Mandalorian, I think, is better than the newer movies. No contest. Uh, you know, they're, especially the last two, which were, <laughs> you know, kind of a mistake. And I think these are a better alternative. This is a better alternative than, you know, like captain marvel and uh what else are we getting after endgame spider kid <laughs> those movies man i just don't care uh so yeah you know the this is the way to go forward this is the way to experience these universes now is when there isn't billions and billions and trillions of dollars riding on these projects so the execs are so scared to do anything at all different for because they don't want to lose a single ticket purchase. That must right. be what it is. Like, why these shows are higher quality. It is. They're just giving them more freedom because it's like there isn't as much meddling. That's it, you know? And the, it's Disney. It's Disney, okay? So, you know, to an extent, it's all going to be done cut by committee because that's just the way Disney does films, I guess. But, you know, the, when left to their own devices, they can... When Disney lets hires talented individuals which they have a good roster of they always get like really i mean esteemed directors one of my biggest piss-offs with marvel actually and disney is that they get great creators and then they like they shove them into these molds that don't work yeah most people don't even know this okay but kenneth branagh esteemed shakespearean actor director and writer who did all those you know, he did Dolores Fishburne, Othello. He did Hamlet. He played and directed. He played Hamlet and he directed that. And he's done so much great work. He's got, you know, Tony Awards and shit like that. He did the first Thor, which is such a shit movie. <laughs> and I'm, nobody knows that, okay? I don't think... I see nobody talking about that. And oh, my God. Why is that movie shit? Probably because they were like, uh, Thor is kind of Shakespearean. Here, Branna, come in. <laughs> probably took a paycheck and then they were like actually we'll just here's what you have to do do this and they can, didn't give him any leeway to do anything cool so that's that's what happens oh lord that's like the one that i just remember nothing Nobody, i remember nothing about that kenneth branagh directed that i remember finding that out years after and i was like what i i like i like a lot of his stuff i mean i don't know it's just i don't know I mean, you you hear a lot about, and this is like a big thing in the industry, is that, you know, directors and stuff come out and say, the studio made me do this, and I'll never work with these guys again. I wish more 
uh, directors would do that, but there's always going to be a director that's willing to get the paycheck to yep. get the movie done. Yep. I mean, that's just the way it is. But uh, really, really, the best thing they can do... I would rather have like five shitty movies and five good movies a year that were different than like six okay movies that I kind of forget about 10 days later, you know? Exactly. That's, that's what they should strive for. Just let the project live and die with these people making them. And if they fuck it up, then they fuck it up. But at least it's theirs. I don't want to be like, we live in a society, but I'm going to do it anyways. We live in a society. We were watching WandaVision last night, and I was just it kind of just hit me like, holy shit, Disney just owns Marvel. The combination of all those years of making comics and putting out fucking Circus Man and uh, Keyboard Lady. <laughs> and and then Disney, they did, oh, we own that now. Thank you. And that, we'll take and it from here. Thank you. And especially something like, you know, when Disney got, when Disney bought Star Wars, okay, it was like, you know, it is what it is. Okay, because the thing with Star Wars is that it was really George Lucas's baby and he had collaborators, but it was a thing done in collaboration. Like, you know, that's when the best Star Wars stuff was done was when George was working with other people. Yeah. And of course, that was always under 20th Century Fox, which is also a big studio. But when Disney bought Marvel, it's like that was a company that was independent. Yeah. And that had been built on years of conflicting collaborations and thousands of artists and writers all giving distinct visions to create u- unique stories and their own takes. So it is, it's, it was disheartening when they bought it. And you kind of know that they're kind of going to give everything the same sort of look to make it all fit into a nice clean little product line i'll say for the most part though from the comics perspective they haven't been meddling too much which i can appreciate but i mean there's always going to be editorial mandates and stuff like that i mean you can't do this you can't do this but it is what it is as you say we live in a society i'm going to talk about one more thing then if you have anything great if not we can end the show okay i watched the second sight films dawn of the dead Oh my god. <laughs> Yo. Yeah, baby. Yeah. That's, That's good. The, High the definition. Good shit. good shit. It looks amazing. It sounds good. Like, oh my god. They treated the film with such style, such grace, such class. It is a classy. I don't know what you call it. Like, for records, you say pressing. It's a good cut i don't know but it a print i guess I don't print know. yeah it's a good print it damn i got lots of extras to go through so i'm gonna listen to that also let me slide back here in my chair my seek one my secret santa gift came the secret santa that my family and i do some crazy son of a bitch got me george a romero's dawn of the dead original motion picture soundtrack all the music done by Goblin. And this is, an, again, a classy, a classy package. Oh, my God. It I doesn't the have the gonk, done... but oh, well. I thought it was done by gorillas. <laughs> they wish. <laughs> oh, it, I stopped recording. It yeah, has... but... Did you actually? <laughs> yeah, but I, I pressed recording again. We're good. Okay.
Um, does it have the mall theme in it? Like the... Yeah. No, that's the gonk. And uh, that's done by some other artist. They use that song on 99.9. Have you ever noticed that? In in what? Bob FM. I I can't confess to listening to a lot of Bob. That's fine. It's just Pink Floyd and <laughs> I listen to uh I don't listen to Bob instead I listen to uh The Drive, ninety four point three The Drive. Nothing but rock. No all day, all night, all rock. <laughs> oh yeah. And then they play Def Leopard for fucking an <laughs> hour. Like pour some sugar on me is really gonna put the hair on my chest. <laughs> Man, fuck rock stations, man. They're the worst. They're They're terrible. They're just fucking bad. It's the most baby rock ever. I'd rather listen to Dua Lipa than, like, listen to fucking uh, Def Leppard or Kiss. Oh, my God. God forbid. Wanna rock and roll all night. That's kind of a banger, but, like, everything else, man, just keep... There's some... I like some hair metal, you know, like... I like some glam rock, but like a lot of it is just greasy. Okay. Sticks, though. Hey, don't talk shit about sticks, guys. I'm not joking. I will get pissed. I'm not joking. <laughs> All right. I'm going to delete the app. For this one, I want only girls to comment a heart. If I see one boy, I hope that guy's having a good day. I hope. I hope he made it, you know? I, I hope, hope he's he... having just tons of honey sending him hearts. <laughs> I hope he made it out the hood with a honey. That's all he needs. <laughs> That's all he needs. I honestly I'm betting he deleted the app. <laughs> <laughs> That's the frank answer. He just got a bunch of guys and random anime and furry profile pics commenting just... uh, hearts, red yeah. hearts. I like to th- I like to think there should be a version of where are they now but with people who are in memes obscure memes obscure memes or even like i mean sometimes okay for big memes like i saw the guy i can't even remember it might have been the 21 kid or maybe it was somebody else but i see a lot of the time i'll go to the person's profile and they'll be like they have business inquiry emails which basically means that you know it was their time they had a 15 minutes of fame and they're capitalizing on it yeah but, but i'm sure some people are in these memes and it ruins their lives somehow and I want to see what happens. I want to see the fallout after everyone had their couple of chuckles and then they kept scrolling. The broken pieces of their lives that they had to pick up. Okay, that's what needs... That's hard-hitting journalism. That's like what I'd like to see on BuzzFeed. <laughs> Is BuzzFeed still going? It's still a thing. Uh, it's not It's not quite the, pun, the conservative punching bag it was in yesteryear, but... Uh, all right, I just logged on. Uh, first thing I see is 14 dog posts from this week for anyone who could use a little doggage. Mm. So I'm going to be blocking the website from now on because uh, I had to read the word doggage. Forty he spends thousands of dollars to go to college to make a doggage post for BuzzFeed. Thank you. 40 people who straight people have no idea are gay icons. Number one, Pennywise the Clown. Okay, I think this is. Okay. I think this is the, the guy who killed people. It's probably offensive somehow. Hmm. Uh, and I'll give them one more chance. Let's see what we got here. Um, 
it looks like the big thing that people are talking about right now is Dua Lipa is facing backlash for traveling a lot during a pandemic, and now it's a meme. Also, yeah, newsflash, Bella... f- famous pieces of shit are not going to be <laughs> caring about COVID-19. James Charles and no! Charlie D'Amelio or whatever, they're still going to be going on their vacations from hitting record on their camera, okay? Uh, no, what you don't understand is that my favorite celebrity wouldn't do anything wrong. That's what you've neglected, is that my favorite Politicians are still going out uh just guillotine time bella thorne came out and defended army hammer and people are not yeah. happy bella thorne says i can't believe this people are crazy to fake this kind of shit this poor guy and his kids leave him alone no way he's a freaking cannibal okay look i don't think he's a he's probably not a cannibal he probably just says that shit like i don't think he's gonna i don't think we're gonna find jeffrey Dahmer type shit about him but he's definitely um, he he's definitely like a weird pervert at the very least. So I mean, yeah. Yeah, he's. I mean, it. I guess it depends how you define cannibal. Like, if you just define it as someone who wants to, then yes, he is from these texts. And like, if you want to look at stuff like that and say that you're skeptical, that's one thing. But the people who are like, this is obviously fake. This is bullshit. Really not healthy. Uh, it really puts people back, like people who want to come forward about their stuff. Because one of the big things is, big things from keeping them from coming forward is backlash and people not believing them. So the people are like, this is bullshit, this is fake, not a good look. I, I um, agree. But if you define it as someone who actively does, uh, I would put my money on he hasn't. But I'm I'm definitely open to the idea that he has. I completely believe that he's like a rapist like that. I have no problem believing that at all. Uh, yeah. But it's just the other stuff that it's like, okay, let's see. I mean, let's let's get some let's get some FBI agents all up in his shit and then whatever happens, happens. They're too busy taking down Kekistani one, two, three, four on poll right now. They're tracing they're, they're tracing terrorists and they're just finding dudes on pole in their basement with like piss jugs full with mountain <laughs> jugs full of piss and they're they're on they're they're busy, okay? They got shit to do. God. I Trump is gonna be fucked so hard. It's gonna be funny. <laughs> Anyways. Let's end the show. Let's end the show. So next week we're doing Mad Max. Yep. And then the week after that, we will be doing the uh, sci-fi classic Laser Blast. Yeah, not to be confused with 